Welcome to the Everyday Ironman podcast, where we talk to real athletes just like you and me that are working to complete an incredible goal. My name is Mike Bosch, and I'm excited to have with me today both halves of Team Saunders, Caitlin and Tiffany. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. We want to say real quick, uh, we realized it was your one-year anniversary recently yes. uh, for the show. So congratulations, and we're honored that you invited us oh, on. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you know what's funny is the average podcast only makes it seven episodes. Uh, wow. Yeah, so uh, I'm I'm pretty fortunate that I made it past that, and I'm, I'm having a blast. And I, I was super, uh, super honored that you uh, carved some time out today to, to hang out with me and to share some stories with my guests. And for the astute listener, you've probably realized I have we have two female voices along with my own today. So we're going to do our very best to at least establish in the beginning who is who and all that stuff. And then everybody will just settle in and we'll be old friends before this thing is over with, right? <laughs> so those that ha- are familiar with the show know that in the very beginning, we always establish a little bit about who we're talking about before we get into the real nitty gritty of things, right? So you know, really high level. We don't have to go into like deep dive psychological stuff or nothing like that, but just like, so we can understand what kind of time commitments are we dealing with, right? So could you individually, and we'll start with, um, we'll start with Tiffany first. Can you tell us a little bit about, okay, so um, do you, you know, like, do you work full time? Do you go to school? Um, We know you're married, so we can already establish that, right? Um, And then just kind of like what we're dealing with from a time standpoint. Sure. So I am the uh, namesake of Team Saunders Try. Um, Caitlin married into me. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so I work full time, 40 or more hours a week. I work in communications for the Austin Independent School District, which is what actually brought us to Austin. Um, It was a nice opportunity to relocate, give me a chance to be in management, and more specifically, I manage the TV station for Austin ISD, which is kind of a dream job because I've done television for most of my life. I've done education for probably the second half of my life, and it all came together to get here. And if you can imagine working for a public school district in communications, it's an intense, very high level of stress yeah. job. Yeah. And triathlon is a little bit of the getaway and the release, even though we're intense in our training and our scheduling and all the type A things that most triathletes are. Um, that is where I kind of have that break from the daily grind and to gotcha. disconnect my mind from what's going on at work. And, you know, we put in somehow we find a way to put in 15 to 17 hours a week of training. Uh, we, we specialize in the 70.3 distance. And, and by specialize, I mean, we do the 70.3 distance most. By no means are we, you know, near professional level or anything like that. We just enjoy doing it and trying to get as good as we can. And, you know, hopefully someday maybe that'll be on the podium sometime, nice. but, uh, yeah, so we, we pretty much work and train. Cool. And sleep sometimes. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize, um, first of all, I didn't realize that a school district has a television station. That's, that's pretty uh, cool. My, my, my wife actually works for a small school district here in North Texas. Um, they don't have such fancy luxuries as you guys have down there in the Austin area, but that is, that is super cool that you, that you get to do something that, um, that you're super passionate about. And then triathlon is your, 
um, your, your escape, mm-hmm. so to speak, I think is what yeah. you said. That, that is, that is really awesome. Well, cool. Uh, and then, okay. So before we move, move to Caitlin, uh, would you consider yourself an athletic, an athletic person? Like, did you grow up playing sports and that type of thing? I am a lifelong athlete. And I think pretty much from the time I could walk, my mom and dad had me active. I was playing, I mean, I was the only girl in my neighborhood growing up mm-hmm. and I played street football, basketball with the boys in the neighborhood. Nice. So, you know, I kind of had to, to learn how to be rough and tough if I wanted to have something to do after school or in the summers. And then I also was a swimmer. And then okay. in school, I played volleyball, basketball, softball, and I think that's it. But but yeah, I, I just loved doing sports. And I grew up in a small community, so I didn't have the opportunities that you know, Caitlin and I were just talking the other day, the kids here in Austin have every opportunity available to them. And where would we be if we had that? So um, I didn't really get into the the running or the cycling or anything. But, you know, I mean, you know, I rode a bike and I ran as a kid. But yeah, I definitely considered myself athletic. Gotcha. Yeah, that's funny. I had that conversation with somebody the other day, too. We don't grow up competing in triathlons. Right. That's just not a, it's not a childhood sport like football, mm-hmm. basketball, baseball, things like that. So that's funny. Okay. Uh, Caitlin, you've been sitting over there patiently, uh, with your finisher shirt on. I, I can't am. tell yeah, what uh, race uh, that's from. 2018 world championship in South of South Africa. So, oh, wow. Yeah. We actually, was that Port, was that Port Elizabeth? Yes. Yes. We actually qualified for nice. this race from Buffalo Springs the last edition of Buffalo Springs. So it's it's a special, it was a very special race for us. It's actually the race that really lit our fire even more for triathlon and traveling to races. So wow, we've turned all our vacations into racecations now. (laughs) (laughs) That is super cool. That is super cool. Okay. So can you give us the same kind of level set um, that Tiffany did? So listeners, this is Caitlin. My name is Caitlin. I, I am a salesman for Coca-Cola. I sell Coca-Cola products and beverages, and we don't just sell Coke. There's a list of 200 different products that we sell. So it's uh, they say Coke sells itself, but yeah, maybe the Coke does, but it's all the other things that may need a little uh, assistance with the sales. So that's that's my daily nine to five, I guess you could say, 40 hours a week, Monday through Friday. Uh, Tiffany and I are both very fortunate not to have to work weekends well, I say most of the time we don't work weekends, so that leaves us uh, a pretty good schedule for triathlon training. Gotcha. And so uh, Tiffany had mentioned, and I and I do remember seeing something on social media about y'all had moved to Austin at some point, or you were you were celebrating your anniversary of having moved to Austin, or something along those lines. Were you with Coca Cola prior to the move? Did you transfer with Coca Cola? Yes, actually, prior to the move, I've been with Coke for eleven years now. Oh, cool. Uh, we've been in Austin for six. So fortunately, I was able to make the transfer to Austin and even lucky enough, I was able to get a route close to our home. So very, very fortunate there. Okay, cool. All right. So I have, because I am a serious journalist, uh, I have a series of hard hitting uh, questions that we're going to get into because these are the things that everybody wants to know, I'm sure. Right. So we're going to start off with some easy ones, though. Um, How'd you guys meet? Have you known each other for like a really, really long time? Mm-hmm. Like, how did you guys meet? And you don't have to go into we'll like- We'll give the, you one guess. Was it, well, so my follow-up question was going to be, <laughs> who introduced who to triathlon? Did you, were you guys, well, did you meet through it, that? 
it was triathlon that brought us together. It was a mutual friend of ours um, that was actually signed up to be the run leg of a relay team that Tiffany was signed up on. Oh, wow. Um, she had she had some uh, teenage girls at the time, and something came up, and so she was not able to the, do the run portion. Okay. She told Tiffany, "Don't worry, it's okay. I know someone. She's she's just getting in the triathlon, and this would be good for her." Referring to me, mm-hmm. so uh, Tiffany and I met in an HEB parking lot the day of packet pickup. We were driving to Houston. Um, let me preface this that we were living in a very small town. Um, about an hour and a half south of Houston at the time. And the whole team had to go together to pick up our packet. Okay. And so Tiffany was a swimmer and there was a, there was a, a, a cyclist as well. I met her at the same time as Tiffany uh-huh. and then myself, the three of us rode up, got our packet. Um, but that was, that was our first that meeting. Was it, um, huh? Yeah. Wow. Uh, triathlon really is our love story and it's, it's, it runs deep in our, in our blood. That is so. Yeah, but you also left out like the you you left out my portion of the story, which is <laughs> I didn't know if um, I wanted to say that. <laughs> that's okay. We can be honest here. So yeah, our runner pulled out of the relay and told me that she would have a replacement, and and I was I had two thoughts at the time. I'm like, well, I wanted to race with you. You you know, you're good friend and colleague, and we never get much of a chance to do this together. So I was looking forward to racing with her for the first time, and. So I was a little bummed about that. And then second, my instinct totally, totally went to anxiety. Like, oh my God, I'm not good with new people. Oh. I don't know if I even want to do this relay anymore. But my prevailing thought was I didn't want to make my friend feel guilty or make her feel bad and be the reason that I didn't do the race. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll meet your friend and, wow. you know, it'll be fine. I'll just have to, you know, take some deep breaths. That is so funny. It's it's funny how how the world works sometimes, right? Because if you had not gone to the race, or if your friend had not not been able to make it, or whatever, maybe, maybe your paths would have crossed. Maybe they wouldn't have crossed. Like right, like we 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 we'd like to think that they would have anyway, right? Because we we like to think that sure. we're predestined to end up with who we're we were with or whatever. But I think about that sometimes with my wife. My wife and I we went to the same small little school. And I, and I think to myself, okay, what if I was, what if I was, cause I was born in New York state and what if my parents never moved to Texas? Would I have a, would I have found my wife eventually somehow? Like, I, I don't, I didn't have a triathlon story like that, but that's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, I was also recently a part of a relay and while I love my two teammates, uh, there were no romantic interests uh, that came out of that. Sorry, Lindsay and Eric, but uh, we're just going to remain friends on, out of that deal. Um, Sometimes that's best. Yeah, <laughs> right. For sure. I don't think my wife would appreciate that too much, but um, that is too funny. Okay. So yeah. So, so as we were riding up, we were going to do that relay team. I had not yet done a triathlon. I was actually training for my very first super sprint triathlon. And so this was... This was a big step for me. And our mutual friend said that, yeah, my portion would just be a 5K run. I'm like, okay, I can do that. I can do that. And so as we're driving to packet pickup, um, either the cyclist or Tiffany had mentioned something about the five-mile run. I'm like, hold on. (laughs) That was a 5K. (laughs) I've run five miles once <laughs> that is funny but it all worked out fine so yeah, yeah as you can tell i did not i did, was not <laughs> yeah that is funny. i was not a runner to, to begin with 
I'm growing into it. So, so okay. So let's, I'm going to talk about that because this wasn't on my list, but we, you, Tiffany, you swam growing up, mm-hmm. right? And from, mm-hmm. from the things that I've seen, it seems like, uh, and I don't want to, uh, maybe I'll ask you, it, which is your strongest of the three? It's definitely swimming. Okay. I was going to say that, but I wanted to, you to say that, right? Because that's what I, that was oh, the impression right. that I got was that you, your swimming is your strongest. Okay. So you're the oddball in this Perfect. deal because sw- yeah. swimming, everybody else I talked to swimming is like, nope, nope, nope. We're not yeah, designed to be in water. I am the 1% in triathlon. <laughs> right, right. So, so Caitlin, what was your strength if you weren't a runner? Not swimming. Not swimming. <laughs> I flip a coin between the cycling and the running. I, I feel like I'm really growing pretty strongly in each of those uh, aspects. So yeah. I got you. I feel like I'm still gaining. So who knows where I'll be here at the end of this triathlon season. Right. Yeah. So you definitely, you definitely, and I was going to ask later on, but we all know that, um, this is a tough sport, right? It's Mm -hmm. balancing all the things. Um, it, you know, there's a lot going on and between the swim and the bike and the run and the nutrition and the elements and all those Mm -hmm. things. And, uh, I think it's one of those things where you always hear, well, I'm just happy I finished, but secretly we all have an idea of where we think, where we think we should finish or what we're capable of. And I've been very transparent about that, about my finishes. Um, I did not finish the way that I wanted to in Chattanooga for sure. Um, but I'm going to ask each of you individually, how close do you feel like that have you gotten to reaching your like potential? I feel like the past year and a half, maybe two years, I've grown leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not to my potential yet. I honestly don't know what my full potential is, but I know I, I've nice. got some time to still grow and I, it's, it's out there and I, I have not hit it yet. And I know I can still keep getting better. Awesome. Okay, cool. Tiffany? Yeah, I think last year, um, last year was a really strong year for me, especially the early part of the season. I had a good race in Chattanooga. I was happy with it and knew that I actually had more that I could have left on the course, but not knowing the course kind of was at my disadvantage because when I was finished, I was like, well, everybody said the hills on the bike were going to be hard and everybody said the run was going to get hot. Well, I never really noticed the hills or the heat. And then I was you know, kind of kicking myself at the end. Like I probably mm-hmm. cost myself 20 minutes by being too conservative, but I felt strong in that race. And then uh, about six weeks later, we raced Ironman 70.3 Lubbock, had perfect conditions on the day. And that ended up being essentially my PR for Ironman 70.3, which was about 535, I think was the time. Wow. Um, so that was, that was my best performance. I had a faster time at Challenge Daytona at the end of 2022, uh, at the end of 2020, but mm-hmm. that course was a little short. Um, so uh, okay. I will, you know, acknowledge that. So I think Lubbock was my best performance. And I really thought from there that uh, this season I was going to be chasing a 515 finish times, kind of uh-huh. being in that lower end of the five hour mark. And this season didn't get off to the start that I wanted. I had a, a possible herniated disc back injury. That I'm still working through, I'd say I'm about 90% healthy now. So Galveston, which was our first race of the season in April, it was a miracle to get to the start line. And the idea was that I I would be able to swim and bike at full effort, but the run just wasn't going to be there. It was just going to be survive the run and, and stay as comfortable as possible. 
And so even though I had a really strong swim and bike, the run was as expected and terrible, <laughs> even though I was still considered myself injured at the time. Um, and then gotcha. Lubbock, I had a good swim, a decent bike, considering that we had some crazy headwinds that we had to battle all day. And the run, uh, I think I had a good first eight miles, maybe 10 miles were, were decent. And then um, my legs just got heavy and, and weren't there. But I credit that to not having the volume and, you know, the base of training. So, uh, you know, it's been a little bit disappointing for me this season. I, I fully expected to be much further along than I am now. I, sometimes I feel like I'm just starting all over again, even though I'm not. Yeah. So getting prepped for the next race on the calendar uh, since Lubbock, I feel like I've gotten on a good roll. I feel like I don't have the injury to fall back on now. So now it's about getting the legs ready and having, having a good swim bike and putting that run together. So I'm, I'm gotcha. feeling good, but I still think, uh, you know, if I'm being honest, it might take another year to get back to where I was. If I have, you know, no setbacks and keep going strong or maybe, the back half of the season can can turn it around and, and I'm pretty excited about what we've got on tap. Gotcha. That's cool. Yeah, I actually um I actually saw y'all finish at Galveston. I was working the finish line uh in Galveston. Yeah. And of course your your kits are so easy to spot, you right? <laughs> you can't miss you guys. And uh I had like the most uh luxurious, desirable job that you can get at the finish line. They literally, I showed up with all this enthusiasm. So I raced the relay in Galveston. I did the swim. And so when I wasn't racing, I was volunteering. So I had my volunteer shirt on. Like I, I volunteered at check-in Friday night, bike check-in Saturday morning. And then I did, I pulled wetsuits for a little while. And then I went over to the finish line. Brave they, man. They literally gave me a clipboard and had me write down bib numbers as, as you guys. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like this, this, like, I'm not trying to be ungrateful, but I want to be putting medals on people. Right? That's what I wanted. Right. And so I did that for over an hour and wow. I finally was like, I had it. I can't do it anymore. I'm like, give me some medals to hand out or something. I'll take time and chips off. I don't care. And so uh, I saw y'all cross the finish line, but I was still right. I was writing numbers and stuff down. Ugh. Can I tell you real quick, uh, not yeah. to like hijack it, but to tell you no. our most interesting volunteer, like we like to volunteer as well. I think it's important to give back and appreciate what the volunteers do. But our most oh, yeah. interesting volunteer spot, uh, we volunteered at Challenge Daytona in 2020, the day after we did the race. And oh, wow. it was the day of the pro race where they had this big NASCAR broadcast that they were doing. And our job was literally to pick up the little specks of leaves and trash on the finish line red carpet <laughs> to make sure that there was nothing that was going to be in the camera shot that looked oh. amiss. I mean, we were literally cleaning the carpet. <laughs> that is funny. Okay. So, so maybe my job wasn't too bad because <laughs> I wasn't on leaf duty on the red carpet for sure. That is awesome. But you're absolutely right. And I, th I think, it, uh, you know, I got, uh, Angie Jackson, who was on my podcast last year, she pointed out the fact of, that, you know, giving back is really where it's at. Mm -hmm. And she encouraged me to be a volunteer and, and I did it. And it was, oh, it's just, it was amazing. I, I literally, and I've told this story in the podcast before, but, uh, I, I literally put the last medal on the last athlete to cross the finish line. And it was well after the 
Iron Man gave up. They're like, hey, we're packing our stuff up. You guys can continue to hang out and give out medals, but we're done, right? We were 30 minutes after the race was over and they still were letting people cross. And we put the, and Mm -hmm. she was just so emotional and all that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, yeah, so rewarding. So I want, I want to ask you a question because this is something that I'm, I'm struggling with and, 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 and I want your opinion on it. Um, I have never raced the same race twice. Right. And so I've, I've, I've been very, uh, committed. I'm like, I, I've already done it. I want to, I want to see as many courses I want to experience, but you mentioned something just a second ago, Tiffany, that, that I think is a thing too, is you're at a disadvantage racing, never not having the experience of the race too. So which, which do you guys prefer? Do you, do you prefer the, the unknown and the adventure and the seeing something new? Or do you prefer the, hey, I know exactly where the hills are. I know exactly what to expect. And like, what, what is your preference in this situation? Yes and I yes. Think that, yeah, I think I was going to say, I think that kind of goes both ways. Um, there are a couple races that we really enjoy racing and are special to us. Uh, one being Lubbock and the second being Boulder, just because we just love the atmosphere of Boulder and Avery Brewing and, you know, all things Boulder, the Flatirons, and then Lubbock, you know, when it was Buffalo Springs, that's when we first got our first world slot. And so since then, it's just been special. Gotcha. But other than those two races, yeah, we were now like, let's travel, let's see the world through triathlon. And yeah. what a great reason to see the world while doing something that we love. So, okay, you know, so it's yes ways. and yes. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I had alluded to it on my podcast before, but I'm going to make the announcement. I actually signed up this week for Oregon next year. I, I, awesome. I got, you, you want I, that I, PR swim. I did. I got mesmerized by those 19 minute swims. I'm oh like, I gotta get, I gotta get some of that for sure. But what is super cool what is super cool is, uh, my, my wife's going to go with me. She didn't go with me to Chattanooga. She's going to go with me. And then we're going to get, we're going to drive up to Seattle and we've booked an Alaskan cruise. So we're going, I I took 13 business days off from work. I'm going to be off work for almost three weeks. I've never done that in my entire life. Yeah. It's going to be the rate. It'll be a race kitchen, right? Cause we're going to go up there Mm -hmm. and do that. I'm so excited about it. That's but, awesome uh, news. Congrats on your uh, registration. Thank you. Yeah, I did it just this week. Well, it's still in pre-sale. So anybody, well, I guess by the time this airs, you won't, it won't be in pre-sale anymore. But <laughs> Speaking um, of pre-sale, yeah, we're already signed up for Lubbock next year. So we know really? we're going to do it. So we might as well get it while the price is as low as it's going to be. I, I think I'm going to do Lubbock next year, but I think I'm going to do it as a relay. Uh, again, I had a blast. I, I, I've done, so I did uh Galveston. So I did Ironman Texas 70.3 in Galveston, right? And I did uh, full distance in Texas at the Woodlands. And I Mm -hmm. did uh, Waco 70.3. And then I did um, Lubbock, right? And so now I think I'm going to do all the Texas races as a relay. Of course, you know, the full distance they don't do. Um, So I'm recruiting relay teammates from work. Uh, We're thinking we're on the fence for Lubbock or uh, Waco uh, in October, which is going to be good. What leg of the relays do you do? So, so what's funny is I'm going to rotate positions. So I did the swim in Galveston. I'm going to do the bike. My plan is to do the bike in Waco and then I would move to the run in Lubbock. Right. And so then I'll have done all three because I'm horrible at all of them. I figure I'll just spread it out equally. (laughs) Um, yeah. And so, uh, triathlete mediocre at three sports. (laughs) Yeah. So what's funny is I was actually editing, 
uh, I think I was editing last week's podcast and I had upgraded myself to a mediocre swimmer. Uh, I, I, I've gotten a lot of flack from the fact that I'm not as slow. Like it's basically what I'm being told is I'm being disrespectful to people that are much slower than me by saying that I'm still slow because it's discouraging. Right. So I'm swimming right now. I'm swimming about a one, a one forty nine per 100. Mm -hmm. Right. And so they're like, well, you know, that's kind of discouraging to people that are swimming two twenty fives to say that you're slow at one fifty. And I was like, Mm, I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I've upgraded myself to mediocre. I'm a mediocre swimmer. <laughs> <laughs> right okay, there so, with you, Mike. So I want to ask you this. So you guys, you guys just did uh, Lubbock, right? Which was like two weeks ago. Two or three. Two or three weeks ago. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, I tracked y'all on race day. We had just gotten back from the Bahamas on a cruise, and my phone started going off as soon as I hit the <laughs> hit the hit the AT and T network again. Um, and then you're racing Boulder. So there's how many weeks in between? Six? Six. Okay. How are you feeling? Like that's, that's, is that like, we got this, this is not a big deal. Like six weeks in between, it's still quite a, I mean, that's a pretty quick turnaround, isn't it? <laughs> it was quick. I think our bodies have kind of gotten used to this type of turnaround. Last season, we actually did six 70.3 distance races. Oh, I know. Wow. Wild, huh? Yeah. Um, this season we're doing five 70.3 races. And so I think really triathlon really is our life. And so we're constantly doing some type of swim, bike, run plus or 40 hour work. But mm -hmm. I, I feel like our body is just, that's the norm. And so, okay. yes, after Lubbock, we did take a week off of just kind of you know, whatever and having indulgences. But after that one week off, got back right into routine and it's just part of our lifestyle. Okay. I'll say it did take a little longer for me to recover from Lubbock. I, I had the heavy leg syndrome, even though we took that first week back pretty easy and unstructured the, the second week after Lubbock, the first two or three workouts, I'm like, dang, this is uh, it's going to be a long road. But the, the past two weeks have been pretty solid and, I'm feeling really good. I've had some good workouts. If you can't tell, I'm just on a, on a high from how, how training has gone recently. So uh, just trying to bottle up that energy and emotion and, and take that to Boulder because I really, that's to me, even before the injury and before the season even started, Boulder was in the back of my mind going to be an A race because we haven't been there in over two years. And we used to go three or four times a year. So I just want to make the most out of that trip in that race. Gotcha. And I, I've not been to, uh, Boulder, Colorado. Um, I've been to Denver. I've been to Colorado Springs. I've been to Pagosa Springs. Um, what, what kind of conditions are you going to be experiencing? Like I, I would assume it's going to be hilly. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming, is it going to be hilly? It's actually, I would say it's probably, I would consider a very fair course. Okay. Um, it's not really hilly. There are some gradual climbs on the bike, but there's nothing long and intense. If anybody's done, if anybody did worlds at St. George, um, it is nothing like that bike course. Uh, just, just a few handful of climbs that are decent. If I can do them, anybody can. So it's, you know, I, I'd say that bike course is pretty fair and the run is relatively flat. It's all around the Boulder Reservoir, so a little bit of mixed surface. So you'll be running on some like trail surface, some asphalt. Uh, the part about Boulder that makes it hard is that there's no shade anywhere, and it does have a tendency 
to get warm. Um, I think the two times we've done, well, the second time we did Boulder, I believe it was in the nineties and okay. you know, that whole sun is bearing down on you. Yeah. And of course, if you're coming from Austin, Texas or anywhere that's not in the mountains, you're dealing with racing at altitude and having to deal with that thin air. So uh, that's where the challenges are. But I think, you know, if, if you're a, if you want to go experience a race and you're, you know, trained and, have experience you should be just fine doing boulder it's not i mean we were a little intimidated before we did the first race there but once we got out there i realized wow this is this is pretty cool wish we had found this sooner gotcha yeah i was hoping you were going to say that it was going to be like 15 degrees cooler there uh <laughs> because of the altitude too because you know for the for my international listeners we're in texas both all three of us and it's it's as hot as the surface of the sun right now it is hot it is hot it recorded 110 just a few days ago yeah it is hot uh and so i was really hoping you're going to say oh well you know what it's actually because my wife just got back from new mexico and the high was in the 70s this week uh and so it possibly could be you know it's that that's something you get we've done boulder and i think the first year we did it the day after the race the high was 56 degrees but on race day it was it was probably more in the eighties, but you know, the mm-hmm. potential is there. So, yeah. you know, cross my fingers and hope, hope it's, okay. it's cool, but I'm, I'm a pretty good warm weather racer. So if it's hot or warm, then I'll consider that that's an advantage I have over maybe a few others in my age group. There you go. Yeah. I like <laughs> that. I like that a lot. Um, so let me ask you this. Uh, so you guys came out of Lubbock, you six weeks into Boulder. Um, you said that you'd take the, you know, you took the first week off. How is your, I guess, I guess the, the question I would start with is, do you guys have a coach? Do, are you following a training plan? Like, how are you just like, Hey, we, we've been in this game now for long enough. We know what to do. Like, how are you structuring your weekly workouts to know what, what, uh, training volume that you need? Yes, we, we do have a coach, so we get our training plan a week at a time, which is good. Um, you know, I know there's some coaches that, you know, just pretty much give you a canned plan for two weeks or a month in advance. And, you know, you don't really have a chance to adapt or adjust to that. But we're fortunate that we get our training plan uploaded to Training Peaks either Saturday or Sunday. So we can look ahead to the following week and figure out how we need to schedule our work days or figure out what adjustments we need to make with our, you know, what time are we going to get up or what time are we going to go to the pool? So it is helpful that it does take the thought process out of us having to figure things out. Now we have been in it long enough that sometimes we'll say, you know what, I feel like we actually did this the other day. I feel like I would get more out of doing a Zwift race versus doing what's on the plan today because I will push myself a little more or I know that, um, I, I need a little longer, um, hold my power a little longer, and that's a weakness on the bike. So, um, but for the most part, we, we follow the training plan. We do every single workout. We get those green boxes on training peaks, and uh, we just want to make sure that we're doing everything we can and whatever comes on race day that we can't look back and say, well, you know, if we hadn't slacked off this week, if we hadn't missed these workouts. So, uh, we like to adhere to the plan, and it's it's worked pretty well for us. It's gotten us pretty far. Okay. And so are you, so I have a couple follow-up questions to that. So I appreciate that. Are you guys able to coordinate your training, uh, sessions at the same time? Are you able to go to the gym or go to the pool or do your bike rides at the same time? So you do that together? Yeah, we're pretty fortunate where we're both in a spot where we can do 
all of these workouts together at the same time. So I think also that's one of the things that makes this our relationship work really well is that we both have this love for triathlon and we can do it together, not just the racing together, but the actual training. Gotcha. Yeah. Y'all, y'all I saw a video on uh, social media, I don't know, a week or two ago, you guys were swimming and I don't know if it's your regular, uh, gym or whatever, but it had this cool, look like two lane pool that y'all were swimming in. And then there was like a upstairs, y'all went upstairs to go to the treadmill or something like that. Is that where y'all normally train or we all in a, I I don't, I don't know the backstory where y'all in like a, like a different area and just checking some stuff out or is that your home workout area? Or is that your home? Is that your home? That's where you live? (laughs) Yeah, that's that's in our backyard. (laughs) No, that's that's the gym that we go to. Uh, It's one of the lifetime uh, locations here in the Austin area. Uh, There's an outdoor pool. And then on the inside, there's obviously weights. But on the second level is where all the treadmills are. And then um, off of the second level is like a a deck where you can do yoga and such. Or just has a nice really overlook of the quarry lake that is also part of the gym. So that's, that's probably where you saw us at was the, the kind of the offset deck from the second oh, level. Wow. Yeah. I would have, th- I would have thought it was like some kind of fancy gym. Yeah, it, it is. But the selling point of, of that location is that it has a private freshwater lake, spring fed lake where we can go do our open water. So it's about 750 yards around. And so we'll go do three laps tomorrow morning and uh, train for our half Ironman distance. And it's a, uh, it's, almost a triathlete's playground up here. That is nice. Having the ability to do open water swim on the regular. Mm-hmm. And this gym is only 10 minutes from our house and we oh live in the middle of Austin. So, I mean, we couldn't, couldn't get a better spot. That that's actually pretty cool. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. I've, um, I've talked to a couple of people. I live in a tiny, tiny, tiny little town in North Texas called Springtown. And somebody built a one lane, 25 meter pool in their front yard and (laughs) then covered it with a metal building and put a sign up that says swim lessons. And so Uh I just, it was driving me crazy. And I stopped in there one day and there's just, there's, I don't know, these little kids in there six, seven years old learning how to swim. And I'm like, "Mm, something's up here. They didn't build this pool to teach little kids how to swim. Like I got to figure out, I couldn't get a hold of anybody. They were too busy to talk to me, but I'm thinking that could be a good candidate for me to learn how to swim a little bit better at some point. uh, Cause it's like two minutes from my house. Um, Yeah. Okay. So we, we've talked about the fact that you guys have a spe- holds a special place in your heart, Lubbock and, um, all that, but what is your, what is the race that you, uh, haven't made it to that's like, ah, before your Ironman loses the contract and they quit racing here. <laughs> Cause you know, that's the thing, right? You don't know. Do you have that race? You're like this, we're not going to make it this year, but next year for sure. We want to get to here. You have that race? I think the race that we're gunning for now um, would be Worlds in Finland 2023. Finland. So that that is our pie in the sky right now. That that's the that's the place we want to go and race and racecation. Gotcha. Same thing for you there, Tiffany? Definitely the same thing. So we we share that goal. But if we were to to look beyond that, of course we'd love to go to Australia or New Zealand and do any of the Brandon races down there. So yeah, just as 
much opportunity as we can get to travel and see as much of the world as we can. Like Caitlin said earlier, South Africa really opened our eyes to the fact that we could travel and do something we love and make something out of it and see so much more than we ever thought we could for doing something that we enjoy. We actually, uh, we actually each wear this band. It's, it says Finland on it. Oh yeah. It's just a, it's just a daily reminder to wow. keep up with the grind. Oh my God. Okay. So I'm, so I'm going to, I'm going to do something that I probably, I, it is what it is. Right. Just so, okay. So I was tracking you guys on race day in Lubbock, right? I, I was, I was tracking you in Lubbock and I know that we didn't get our world championships spots in Lubbock. How close were we though? We actually did. What? Um, we, we, we would have had the roll down, but we decided a few weeks before Lubbock that we wanted to experience some new things this year. And with Worlds being back in St. George uh, in October of this year, I believe, we decided, you know, we've been to St. George twice in less than the last year. And we wanted to kind of close the chapter on St. George and invest in a couple of other racecation races that we wanted to do for half the price. <laughs> so we decided to not take the slots if we got them, and that's what happened. And so okay. then we... Uh, have signed up to do Ironman 70.3 Augusta in September of this year. Okay. And then Ironman 70.3 Indian Wells in December. So oh essentially we're getting two races for the price of one and getting to go to two new locations that have, you know, been kind of on the soft bucket list anyway. So, you know, it was hard and, and we had a little heart to heart about not going back to St. George but I think ultimately we're, we're really happy with that decision. So and now focus on Finland. I apologize. I misunderstood the situation. I guess in my mind, I was thinking back and, you know, you, I, I, I get confused pretty easy. So there's that. Um, so Lubbock wasn't doing spots for both races. They hadn't started that because that's what they're doing now, right? They did that yeah. in Oregon and Oregon. Are they, they're going to do that in Boulder where they're going to offer slots to both races. Do you, so what I don't know, and cause I, this is, I, this is why I brought it up. Cause I was going to ask is how, I'm not, not super clear that I understand how the process works. Do you, have you figured out, like, are you super clear on it? Because some people are saying, well, you can claim both. Like that's an, that's an option. So how, how, how is the roll down going to work? Do you know? I'm not exactly sure how it's going to work, but I, I've, Seeing okay. the same thing you just said is that it, the dual qualifiers, you can accept both slots or you can accept one or the other. I don't know how that's going to work, uh, but hopefully whatever happens in Boulder there, you know, we have a good day that we'll both have a chance to get those Finland slots. But I yeah, and I know I think uh, they're maybe trying to fill St. George a little more, um, try to get more people in that race as, as it gets closer. But uh yeah. Well, you know, I could have gave them a simple answer to that because so I I still have not gotten an email from from Iron Man uh, from Chattanooga. They so in Chattanooga, I was nowhere near a roll down spot by the way. But I went to I went to uh, awards, mm -hmm. and they had to cancel it in the middle of the awards because of a thunderstorm. Yeah, right. right they, yeah. And so they said, hey, you know what? We'll email everybody once the roll downs are closed. I still haven't gotten the email that said, "Hey, all the slots have been have been given, you know, have a sign and all that." So I never maybe... received my email from last year at Chattanooga because they did the same thing really? last year at Chattanooga because we were still kind of 
deep and or just coming out of this, you know, the COVID pandemic. And so there was no on-site roll down. It was all through email. And they said, you know, as soon as the person in front of you has decided not to take it, we'll send you an email and it'll just kind of roll down, roll down. And once they've all taken We'll let everyone know, and yeah. no one got any emails. Okay, so I got I, the email that I that I qualified. <laughs> but we know we know, neither one of us ever got the email that the rolldown was closed. But I, I actually got my world slot at Chattanooga last year. So did you really? Um, but but yeah, no, that process was intense because it, I think it took so the race Chattanooga seventy point three was toward the end of May, mm. and I got the email that I got a rolldown. I think the week before we went to Lubbock. So it was almost five weeks. Mm. Um, okay. So before I even knew. So I, we're, we're like nine, nine, 12 weeks out. I, yeah. It's safe to say Sorry, that Mike, I didn't I get didn't a roll down. Right? Have you checked your spam? <laughs> have you checked your spam oh. folder? No, I haven't. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, not there. <laughs> but wouldn't that be something if I missed it? I was like, damn it. I'm being a smart ass, but yeah. Okay. So I, it, for what it's worth, I think you should get to pick one or the other. I don't. I don't think it's fair that you could get pick both, right? Pick pick one or the other, then give somebody else the opportunity, right? So okay. So I, I apologize that I I misunderstood. I I I thought it was one of those ones where it was both ready and you hadn't claimed Finland. So, whoo boy, I just narrowly navigated that deal. No, we're all good. We're all good. <laughs> that is too funny. That is too funny. Okay, so so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. So you guys you guys both work full time. You both train at a high level, right? You train at a high level, right? For sure. Uh, you're very active on social media. You've got your team Saunders, uh, Instagram. You guys are putting out high quality YouTube content. I mean, it's well edited. You've got your, you know, your interviews. I still haven't figured out who's running your camera, to be honest. <laughs> like you had some really good drone footage in Lubbock and the whole thing, right? How do you manage? Like, I know you, I know you're like, oh, this is our life and this is our life, but really, like, how are you managing to do all of this stuff and making time to be on my podcast, right? <laughs> on top of everything else. Sometimes I wonder how we fit it all into, Mike. I really don't know sometimes. Yeah, well, you know, you, you got to have recovery time. So anytime there's couch time or between workouts or, you know, I just don't want to take a nap, you know, we just kind of, get on Instagram, think of something ahead of time and, and make a post for, for what's going on, you know, try to pull from, we've got a pretty good archive of photos of throwbacks that are maybe pertinent to something that's coming up, like uh, usually leading into a race. If we've done a race before, maybe I'll pull like some old Galveston photos or some old Lubbock photos or Boulder now that we're kind of targeting that. But yeah, it does, it does take some time. And sometimes when you do have a big load of training, it, it's hard to put thoughts together and put something, you know, on the screen and, and submit that. But, but we love it. We love the engagement. We've met so many incredible people through the social media aspect oh, and people that have become friends now. The YouTube, I think, is our, our biggest passion just because, you know, when we got into Trap On, both of us you couldn't find much about triathlon on YouTube at all. And, you know, what was there wasn't good. And I think when the pandemic hit a lot of, you know, of course, a lot of the pros resorted, they had more free time. So they, they resorted to creating their YouTube channels. And we had just started kind of finagling with YouTube 
a couple months before the pandemic. In fact, our first YouTube episode was the Austin Half Marathon in February of 2020. And we thought, okay, we're, you know, we're going to get this thing going and we're going to, you know, do these weekly vlogs. And, and it, it kind of took a little bit to figure everything out because it, it is overwhelming, especially when you're just getting into the game and learning how to navigate it all. But I think we got on a pretty good roll. And as we were leading into Challenge Daytona, which would have been our first race in, I think, almost 18 months in 2020, had a, a well, I used to be a classroom teacher and media technology was one of my subjects that I taught. I have a former student oh, wow. who lives here in Austin and um, has done some freelance work for me at the TV station. And he's a gig worker, so he had no work during the pandemic at all. And I reached out to him and said, hey, you want to come just video a track session and, you know, see what happens. And, you know, we'll throw you some a little bit of money for your time. And, and he loves to edit. So we're like, well, you know, we'll just let you kind of do do your thing. Just come follow some workouts and this and that. And so he, that was good for him and good for us. And then I, I would say maybe two weeks before we left for Daytona, we had just finished a workout and Caitlin and I were just kind of joking like, hey, DJ, you want to go to Daytona with us? And thinking he would say, oh, you know, there's no way. He's like, yeah, sure. And so <laughs> later that night we were like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? And, and we thought it was it was very important at the time for us for a few reasons. One being that it was, you know, the first race in this pandemic world that we were going to get to do. And secondly, it was important because we had really been training hard and focused and dedicated for this race. And we were, our big goal was to go sub six for the first time in a half iron distance race and thought, you know, if, if he could be there to help document it, whatever happens, it would be, if anything, a, a keepsake for us, a memory mm -hmm. for us. And he went and we had a blast and, and, you know, just be on the triathlon, just, just getting to, hang out together and just experience it. We got to do hot laps on the track. You know, we got to ride in a pace car and we just had so much fun. So, so we kind of hire him out, especially for races to, to follow us around and just document it. And if anything, 20 years from now, when we're hanging out on the couch and be like, Oh, Hey, let's watch this race we did. Yeah. Um, so, so he'll travel to races with us and he'll, you know, he's just grown as a videographer and an editor but then other times, you know, it's just Caitlin and I, if it's, you know, just casual workouts or whatever, then you know, we've got videography skills and, and such. So we'll, we'll get our workouts. And then I'm, you know, I've been in television and broadcasting for 20 something years. So, so I'll edit pretty much everything that, that you see on, on our YouTube these days, but gotcha. yeah, we give, give a shout out to DJ for, you know, and he loves it and he's, he's not an athlete. He's a, he's a, artist, creative, musician kind of dude, but he yeah. just thinks the world of us and hanging out with us and being around triathlon and, and he's picked up so much just observing triathletes in general and I uh, think he gets a really big kick out of it. That's cool. And that does make total sense because you know, while I wouldn't have, I, I, you know, put, put the pieces of the puzzle together, but you're right when you, when you search for, and, and, and this is obviously, um, those, those that are out there that are, you know, selfie, selfie filming themselves and posting it on YouTube, right? Keep doing that. Keep doing that for sure. Right. We get your stuff out there. That's how we started. That was our first video. But there's definitely like when you, when I look at your stuff on YouTube, I'm like, 
okay, this is this is high quality like production stuff here, right? This isn't like somebody who's just kind of learning. So it makes sense that you have that background um, that, that got you there. It's always the little things that I noticed too. I, I actually took a film class, uh, in college. And so I love like the little nuances I get, I, I watched a, a, a whole series the other day about, uh, miniatures in, in film and stuff like that. My wife's like, like, what are you doing? I'm like, I just got lost. <laughs> I like like yeah. five videos in a row of how to, how to make a little miniature model to look real and stuff like that. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so I love that stuff. You guys have been so much fun, uh, hanging out with, let me, let me ask you this. Cause I love talking bikes, love, love, love talking bikes. And I know you guys got mm-hmm. new bikes this year. You got new bikes this season, right? I at least have that right. Right. I get that right. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. But you didn't get the same bike. You got two different bikes, two different, uh, brands, Correct. models and all that. Can you tell me why you chose? Cause to me, it's, it, it seems like everybody chooses their bike for a special reason, or, or it was the, the one that was available, you know, because of the bike shortage. But is there, is there a reason why you chose the bike that you chose? Can you tell us what bike you chose and the reason why you chose it? Yeah, so I got the Cantana Roo PR62 disc. And I knew after my world's DNF due to a bike failure that I was going to have to probably bite the bullet and get a new bike. And I went into the process I knew the things that I wanted on the bike. I wanted disc brakes. I wanted electronic shifting. I wanted integrated hydration. Those were like the biggies for me. And I knew that I probably wasn't in the market for buying something brand new. So mm-hmm. I was going to just kind of check the marketplace and see if anything came up. And actually, I was, I think I was on Slow Twitch Marketplace, which I'd never go into that forum, but I just happened to be there that one day. Things, things happened for a reason. And I found this bike for about $3,000 off of uh, what oh, wow. the list price was because the bike shop that built it up custom for a client, the client ended up not being able to purchase it and mm. the bike couldn't be sold as new. So I was able to get it. So Quintana Roo, I know they've been around the game for a long time, uh, very highly regarded. Mm-hmm. And, you know, first of all, bike's just sharp. I mean, it's matte black. It's just all black. It's just yeah. stealth and beautiful. And, you know, I knew it was, I knew it was destined when, when it all came together. And so, yeah, it's been, has not let me down. It's been just a smooth, smooth ride in both races this year. And I'm, I'm very happy. No buyer's remorse. I would highly recommend it if, if anybody's awesome. looking at, at the brand and that style. So you got a brand new bike at a used bike price. Is that what you're saying? Yes, sir. I sure oh, did. Or else I would God. not have, I would have never been able to buy that bike. Otherwise. Yeah. I can't even, ima- <laughs> I can't even imagine what it's like to get a new bike. That is mm-hmm. so cool. So cool. Okay. Okay. Caitlin, what did you get? Yeah. So maybe not even a month after Tiffany found her bike, uh, mm-hmm. I'm at work one day and Tiffany's like, look at this link we need to make a decision fast because bikes are going fast. This is a hell of a deal. I think we need to pull the trigger. And uh, she was searching around on pros closet and came across this felt IA, Mm -hmm. which also has disc brakes and electronic shifting and such. Just, you know, if we're going to buy a new bike, well, they weren't completely brand new, but you know, if we're going to buy a new bike for us, we want today's technology because we're only moving forward from here. So Mm -hmm. we wanted to get away from rim brakes and, you know, shifting. So I don't remember the pricing. I know it was within our range. It was, it was a big trigger to pull for both of us to get 
new bikes so close in time, but we both knew that if we wanted to get better on the bike, our current bikes at the time, you know, we met, we, we've gone as far as we could with those bikes. They were beginner entry bikes and we needed something, you know, a little bit more technology and quicker and, you know, had some more bells and whistles to play with. And gotcha. Uh, I think it was that morning she saw the bike and we bought the bike sight unseen that day, later that day. Wow. So it was a, it was a quick buy. We were fortunate that we had a, a friend that works for the pros closet and I, I was asking a few questions and knew that she wouldn't steer us wrong. So uh, that kind of helped make the decision that we knew that, that she kind of endorsed it and stood behind it and said, you know, you won't regret it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think even like a month or two after that, we, we've got some fellow triathlete friends here and they're, they were in the market for a new bike and they, they were saying how they just can't find anything. So I think Tiffany and I really jumped on it at the perfect time. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely all in on the electronic shifting. I mm-hmm. love, I love the DI2. I don't know. I don't know that I've made uh, up my mind on disc brakes. Now I don't have disc brakes on my bike, but I also try really hard not to slow down. So in my mind, I'm yeah. thinking, I don't want any, I don't want any brakes at all. Right. And so, um, do, so do you, do you guys really, do you, you, you see the advantage of the disc brakes over the rim, over the rim brake? I don't know if there's really an advantage or, or anything. Um, I just think that like Caitlin said, you know, technology is moving forward. I feel like the longer, longer we go, we're not going to have, you know, rim brakes aren't going to be as predominant as they are now. So maybe finding components or upgrades or whatever, if you have rim brakes might be a little harder, but uh, you know, just, okay. it looks modern. And, and so oh, yeah. I, I don't think, I mean, I would, I would say, you know, they, they definitely do grab, they definitely do stop, but I don't know if there's like a marked difference. And I know obviously you give up the weight savings to have the disc brake, but um, you know, for, for the level that we are, it's not, it's not a penalty to have disc brakes. And, you know, if, if that's again, the way that the industry is going to go, we're at least future proof on that side of things. Yeah. And that makes sense. I was just curious um, because I have not ridden a, ridden a bike with disc brakes. Um, so I was just curious uh, if, if it really was like some people are all in. They're like, nope, got to have them, got to have them, got to have them. I don't. Other people are like, eh, I don't know. Um, hey, so let me ask you this, because you, you both alluded to the fact that you bit the bullet and you bought the new bike. And I know. Uh, so in my my household, we're we're a one triathlete household. We'll just say that, right? Because we, we can't even afford one triathlete, but that's what we have. You guys have two triathlete, a true, a two triathlete household, but you probably have friends. I'm assuming you may have friends that have a one triathlete household. Is that fair to say? Do you have friends that are only one triathlete? You know, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Cause I was going to ask. I, I'm sure there are. I'm sure we do have friends. Yeah. One of the things that, that <laughs> you sure you do, you sure you do. One of, the, one of the things that that is a common, um, I don't want to say argument or conversation, is but how much it costs, right? Tri- triathlon mm. is an expensive hobby. And so I was going to ask mm. your perspective, both being in the sport, so you both kind of understand, hey, these are necessary things, but you also mm. are incurring twice the cost of every single thing, right? So do you think right. it makes it easier or do you think it makes it more challenging that you both are participating in this somewhat expensive 
sport slash hobby. It is expensive. You can just come out and say it. It is expensive. It's expensive. But, yeah, it's expensive. you know, we don't go on other vacations. So, I mean, so it's kind of like a two for one almost that we can do, you know, race and vacation at the same time at the same cost that it would have been to still do triathlon and then go somewhere else if it was just one of us doing triathlon. Um, okay. So you think it's an advantage. We also don't have kids. So, you know, we're not saving for college funds. We're, you know, we're not buying school supplies. Um, So, yeah, we get to, we get to. We are loving mothers to our four-legged kids, though. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. The the dogs get nice treats, but, you know, it's a little more budget-friendly. So, um, yeah, that that allows us to to do these things. But, you know, we, we try to, I guess, stagger our purchases as far as, uh, I mean, I, am the kind of person like my last vehicle I had for 14 years. Um, you know, I'll, and my bike that I just replaced, I've had since 2011. So, uh, I take care of my stuff and I like to make it last long. So I understand that, you know, it's going to be a big investment at this point, but I'm going to get X amount of years out of this device. I mean, I just replaced my Garmin 930 XT that I have had for eight years. So, <laughs> you know, gotcha. I, I, we make stuff last and, and we, you know, just go through a cycle like, okay, this year we're going to replace our watches and then, and bikes. But <laughs> and, yeah, and fortunately I was in a, uh, when my nine, 930 XT. Yeah. When my, mine just, yeah. It just bonked. Uh, nowhere and then Mm -hmm. fortunately uh, we had a fellow friend that had a phoenix 8 that he wasn't wearing and so he sold it to me at half the cost and so we've been fortunate with some things like that where we're able to get you know good bargains on really good products uh another example saucony's having a sale right now half off (laughs) on their shoes you know so we went ahead and bought another pair for each of us even though we don't need them right now we're going to put them on reserve but so you know when good sales come up, we take advantage of them because we know eventually we're, things are going to have to be replaced. Gotcha. Yeah, I was just wondering because I, I often wondered myself, would my life be easier if my wife did this as well and then she could understand why I I spend you know need to spend the money on the things that I have to spend the money on, even though I'm still rocking the Garmin 920. Uh, that thing, I love that watch. Like it's like the old school square one. I think it was a nine. Yeah, I think ours yeah. was a nine twenty. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I I had a panic moment. It quit working about a month mm-hmm. ago, and I was like, "Oh my god, what am I going to do?" And so I googled it, and there was like a hard reset, and it worked. Right. And it's back right back in business. I'm like, "Woohoo!" Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to. I don't have to buy a new watch. Um, so h- have you guys been able to race every single race together? Um, or are there some races that has where one been of you the will plan. race? Yeah. Right. We've always signed up for all the races together. Uh, unfortunately, Waco 70.3 this past year, Tiffany was not able to start due to bronchitis. So that was probably the first and only race that we did not tow the line together. Okay. So y'all did Waco. Uh, I was there. I was there at Waco 70.3 last October, yeah, right? October. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was there. You probably passed me somewhere on the run would be my guess. <laughs> <laughs> That was Caitlin had a great day. She finished seventh in her age group and uh, I wasn't able to race. I was on the, the, the better side of the bronchitis that I'd had like a week before, but I, I knew that if I tried to race, it would just be a death march, especially, mm. you know, since it was a later start because of the full mm. Ironman the day before and the heat and the wind, uh, it was a really tough decision to decide not to start. 
but I knew it was the right one. But it, I had the best seat in the house watching Caitlin just crush it. I mean, I, I drove around the bike course and I saw her just flying. I was like, oh my gosh, she's having a great day. And she was she was back and forth. She was in, in between fifth and seventh the whole the whole time after the swim course. Um, and then just watching her on the run and just just shouting encouragement and she knew what she needed to do and she just had such a great day and um, you know I, I hated not being out there with her but it was really cool to have the perspective to just see her do that and see just how much she loved being out there and the passion she had for the sport and uh, being there at the finish line was super emotional for both of us and, and sad that I was on the other side of the fence but uh, I guess if there's any trade-off, it was it was nice to see it from that perspective and be her Sherpa for the day. Gotcha. And I do want to backtrack a little bit. Yeah. Um, there was one other race that um, Tiffany was the only one to toe the line, and that was Ironman Texas 2013. That was right about the same time we met, and I um, Tiffany was already signed up for the race before we had met. And so that's the race she was training for when we met, okay. even though I had done all the biking and run workouts with Tiffany, I probably could have signed up and maybe made it through the swim. I don't know, but I wasn't ready to take that leap at the time, but when she, but I volunteered at the finish line, um, during her race 2013. So it was a really special moment for me when she crossed that line, I was there waiting for her to medal her. And so, Oh, that's um, cool. And then 2015 and 2017 Ironman Texas, uh, we raced the full together. And so that 2015 finish line, it was truly a special moment crossing it with Tiffany. That is awesome. So y'all were able to cross it, uh, together. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, that swim, uh, in Lake Woodlands, was it the same swim back, yeah. uh, the whole time? Yeah. Uh, I actually got road rash in the swim. Uh, that swim in that oh, canal, wow. uh, is pretty, it's pretty gnarly when you're a, when you're a slow swimmer, like I was at the time I'm, I've upgraded to mediocre, but, but back then, uh, it's like a washing machine in that canal mm. and I got bumped up against the retaining wall and I couldn't get, a, oh, I couldn't, wow. oh, I couldn't gosh. get away from it. And I just ended up scrap scraping all my feet up. Yeah. Oh, it was pretty, man. it was pretty ugly. But, um, once I got out of the water, I was just like, the rest of the day is cake. I don't really care, right? The, the rest of the day, I don't really care what happened. What and, year uh, did you do Texas? I did 18. I did it okay. in 18. Yeah. Um, Was that when it poured down and they, they paused the run? No. Maybe that uh, was 2016. So, no, 16, yeah. Yeah, okay. I would like to describe it as the year of the Peloton, but I think that's yeah. all the, I think that might be all the years. I don't know, but I know that there were, so I, back then I was in 45 to 49 age group and there was the guy at the hotel the next morning that had like a nine hour finish and he didn't get a world championship spot. And he was just like befuddled, uh, because everybody was just so fast, uh, mm-hmm. on course. Of course I finished in like 15 hours. I was like, you finished in nine. They, they did not allow marshals on the bike course on the Hardy. Was that it? Yeah, it was on the Hardy. It was on the Hardy trail mm-hmm. or Hardy toll road. And there were just like, you'd be biking along and all of a sudden mm-hmm. you would just hear kind of this buzzing and it would just be yeah. like 40 bikes the in a pack. They would, yeah. and they would just go around you on this. both sides. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a little unnerving, uh, to be honest, but once they were gone, they didn't, you know, it was, it was what it was, but they were a, like anything, you know, the Facebooks, people were all up in arms about it the next mm-hmm. year, entire, like 365 days are complaining about mm-hmm. it. But, um, anyway, 
Hey, so I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you one more tough question, right? You ready for this one? Okay. So we know that we're, we're all competitive by nature, right? Because this is what we do. But we also know that you are super supportive, right? You, you support each other and you want to other succeed. When you're racing the same race, is there just a little piece of you that is like, maybe I can get the other one this race, or maybe this is you know, my race? we get ra- asked this all the time. I bet you we do. Both, we do. And we yeah. can both honestly and truthfully say that we do not feel that way. We each want the other to have the best race that they can. And well, if sure. that means that they have a better finish time than myself, if Tiffany comes in quicker than me, then I'm going to be ecstatic for, her. you know, I, there is no competitive nature in that aspect. Um, but no, I will we, don't, we don't have any bet going into the race. Like, Hey, whoever's faster at this race gets to pick the dinner spot or anything <laughs> like that. And that you know, and a, it, you know, I think that's just our nature with each other and our relationship. Um, some people say, well, it's just because you're not in the same age group. And uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily believe that. Like I said, I want her to have the best day possible. One of the fun things that happened at Lubbock this year is I knew Caitlin was ahead of me. I knew she was going to finish before me. I had seen her on the court, on the run course. So, so I had estimated in my head about the time she was going to finish was when I was starting the second and final loop around Texas Tech on the run. And so I I had my eyes peeled. I could see the finish shoot and I knew that she should probably be along the finish shoot somewhere. And I saw her and I was like, Caitlin, I yelled out to her and she saw me and she came running and met me at the end of uh, this run segment. And the the very first thing I really wanted to know was what, what was her time and what place did she finish? (laughs) And that's, that's where I was, you know, I still had another lap of the run, but I just wanted to know how she did because, you know, one of the big goals that we've both had with Lubbock is to get that Lubbock, uh, excuse me, to get that Buffalo trophy. And, and I knew Caitlin had a really good shot at it in her age group. And so we were hoping she had, we thought top five would, would have gotten the trophies. So I was hoping that she had that, but at the time uh, the tracker said that she finished sixth, which ended up, I think being seventh because somebody started after her finish uh, in a faster time, but yeah, no, we we are we're definitely not competitive, and uh, we're we're just going to push each other and support one another, and you know, hope that we both maybe okay. have the same time. <laughs> okay, so so you're going to continue to stay in denial, and I'll and I'll I can live with that. We're going to continue <laughs> to move. <laughs> I'm not going to press that issue. Um, yeah, and so so in a self seated race, do you guys start to swim together? We yeah. do, we do. Um, Honestly, you know, I'll, I'll admit I'm probably seating myself a little higher than I should, being that I am a mediocre swimmer. Uh, we typically seat ourselves in Tiffany's uh, time group. Yeah. Fortunately, that's a uh, real nice positive that's come out of all of this because previously it was by, you know, they would line you, they would seed you by age group and such. Yeah. It was not self seed. And so ever since yeah. self seed, we've been seating together. Yeah, so it's, I, it's, it's special for us to start together. I like the self-seeded start for sure. And I was very, what I felt to be very generous in my seating in Chattanooga because I wanted to get in the water as early as possible because mm-hmm. I wanted to be on the run course as early as possible. And somebody posted in the Chattanooga Facebook group the other day, they actually, uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, put together a spreadsheet based on where you started and the people that finished around you. Mm-hmm. I they was, had the same posting in Lubbock. I was accurately seated. 
Mm-hmm. I was within like 20 seconds of the, 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 uh, everybody around me. I was in the right. right, I was in the right spot. I think I was just too far back it, at, uh, Galveston and at Waco. And so mm-hmm. it was just not, and I was like, I'm not doing that again. I'm getting in the water early, mm-hmm. yeah. early. So Caitlin, get in the water early. <laughs> don't, don't think you're not doing the right thing, right? You just get in the water early with uh, Tiffany and, doing just, it. and just do your thing. It. Okay. All right. So I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, you guys have been super cool uh, to hang out with. We're going to wish you all the success in Boulder. This episode is actually going to release. I looked it up today. It's actually going to release the day before you guys race Boulder, right? Because oh, Boulder's on a Saturday. Boulder's on a Saturday this year, right? Yeah, so this episode is. will release Friday before your Boulder race, uh, which is just how it worked out, right? That's just how it worked cool. out. Um, so we're going to wish you all the success in the world. We hope you guys cross the finish line together uh-huh. uh, and have that have that memory. And you go, you both get your uh, Finland spots. That would be super, uh, <laughs> super cool. Um, but as we wrap things up, I always ask my guests if they want to share any final thoughts, words of wisdom, or words of encouragement for anybody out there. You got you got anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I would say. You know, whatever your level, whatever your talent, if you want to be involved in triathlon, there's a there's a place for you. It is a very welcoming, encouraging community. And, you know, if you're happy to go out and do a race and cross the finish line, then that's your success. And if you want to train to get faster and train to be competitive, then you have that available as well. But there's so many wonderful people in the sport that we've met and a lot of people we've met through social media that we haven't met in person yet that we look forward to. Uh, That's one of the reasons we're doing Augusta is to meet some folks on the East coast that have been following us for a while and Mm -hmm. uh, doing Palm Springs because there are some folks that kind of started out as social media fans that we've now met in person and have created a real life friendship with and, you know, that's, that's the thing about the sport is we're, we're such a tight knit community and, you know, triathletes love to talk about triathlon. So why not meet yeah. people just like you and you can, you can hang out with them and have fun and share stories. But ultimately it's about encouraging one another. Uh, you know, if, if anybody's on the fence that maybe hasn't done triathlon yet, give it a, give it a try, find, find a cool local race and, and get out there and do it. And I promise you it will be life changing and who knows where it will take you and where it will lead. Agreed. Agreed. How about you, uh, Caitlin? Yeah. I mean, kind of to echo what Tiff said, this, the triathlon community is a community unlike any other. We, we just want to see everyone succeed. And, and at all the races, everyone's encouraging everyone along the way. No one, everyone wants everyone to do well and do the best that they can and to cross that finish line healthy and, and, and just revel in everyone's success. Um, if there is anyone out there new to the sport and they want to maybe see a little bit more about the sport uh, and don't quite have the opportunity to do go to a race, they can check out team Saunders try on YouTube. We've got, uh, <laughs> we've been documenting our triathlon journey for uh, going on what, two and a half, three, three years now. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, uh, we're just a couple of age group athletes, triathletes. I mean, we're not by far, you know, pro or anything. So we, we tell how it is and we've, you know, 
living life just like everyone else is. So if anyone wants to check us out, please do so or hit send us a DM or if they have any questions at all, we are always more than happy to uh, to answer any questions that we can. So feel free to reach out. Yeah. Or, you know, if you've started a, a low level podcast and you, and you'd like to talk to them, just hit them up a message. You'd be surprised. You never know uh, what's going to happen, right? They'll agree to come on your podcast. Um, I totally agree with what you're saying. The, the, the triathlon community as a whole, I have found is just so incredibly supportive. And I know we kidded a little bit about the competitiveness or all that stuff. And I have also, Tiffany, met some incredible people through Instagram and that Augusta experience is going to be so awesome. I had that experience in Chattanooga with some some people that I had met through Instagram. We're going to have the same thing. I got a couple of uh, athletes that I've met that we're going to race or we're going to race Oregon together. I mean, it's just it's so cool how you can bring the world a little bit smaller. Like social media gets a lot of bad rep, obviously, but there's some good things or you know some connections that are made um, as well. So um, awesome. So. All the success in the world. Uh, I look forward to the next YouTube video uh, <laughs> of seeing you guys cross the finish line. Um, I will con- obviously continue to be tracking you. Uh, if anybody uh, you. out there uh, is uh, listening, definitely. The Ironman tracker is is the thing, man. You get constant mm-hmm. updates all throughout the day. But definitely check them out on YouTube. Uh, we got some really good videos out there as well. So with that, um, I hope you guys have a great rest of your night. Thanks, Mike. It has been a pleasure to chat with you. And, you know, we, we could keep chatting, but I appreciate you reaching out and asking us to be on your show. We're definitely flattered and honored to share this time with you. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah, it's been a great time, Mike. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you have any questions, advice that you would like to share, or would like to be a guest on the show and share your story, you can email everydayironmanpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow on Instagram at everydayironmanpodcast. Until next time, keep moving forward.